And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms of apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to pod number 16 of Red Side of the Trent on Valentine's weekend. And love is very much in the air for Forest and their fans. Having just snatched a draw from the jaws of defeat against Stoke City. When that came on the back of a fantastic win away at Blackburn Rovers. And that came on the back of an unbelievable win in the FA Cup against the holders Leicester City. We'll cover all of that in due course and we have a special guest for you today as well. Um, but we will start with the Stoke game. Um, Reese, it's so, it's interesting because before, obviously, you remember, we beat Derby, then we had Barnsley a few days later and hammered them. And then it looks like the tiredness sort of set in for that game against Cardiff. And it looks like the same thing's happened again here. We beat Leicester, we've got a great result at Blackburn. We've hosted Stoke. It seemed quite a leggy performance, which we may be probably second best for most of the game. It seems. Yeah, it, it has been a, it has been a tough week, hasn't it? With you know, first of the euphoria of the Leicester game, we've then gone away Wednesday night to Blackburn, who are doing really well and got a really good home record. I don't think they've been beat for a while before. We went to beat them, so yeah, we did look a bit <clears throat> a bit flat yesterday. Um, you know the Stoke of old have always known to be quite physical, but they did get did get a bit more on the floor. I'd say yesterday, but it was still I'd say a typical Stoke side. You know, they've got experience at the back, like your Jagielka and players like that. But they had, did have a bit of flair nowadays. But um, yeah, it was um, first half was really flat, wasn't it? it wasn't much, and a very cagey game, and then. We put together a really good move, which puts us 1-0 up. You know, exceptional ball, the outside of his foot from Surridge, as good as ball as well for Max Lowen and Brennan Johnson on the end of it. But I think then we kind of, because we felt a bit leggy, I think we went into a shell a little bit then. You know, they stepped up a little bit, Stoke, and they equalised. Um, and then <laughs> the last... Um, stage of the game, which, you know, I'm sure you will have had to speak more about, was just absolutely crazy. And in the end, you'd probably, well, you definitely would. It's a point gained in the end without that. Absolutely. Yeah, especially given the circumstances. I, I still maintain as well that, you know, had you said to me before the last podcast, like, I've got Mystic Ball, 
you'll beat Leicester and take four points from Stoke and Blackburn. We all probably would have taken that. Yeah. In the circumstances, it's a bit... Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't not the three results we've had at all, to be honest. Absolutely. So. Yeah, but obviously we'll start, we'll touch on that first goal. So Adam, obviously, you know, a great ball from Saridge, who seems to be betting in quite nicely, actually. But the ball from Lowe into Johnson, talk about, you talk about putting it on a plate for the attacker. It was an absolutely fantastic piece of play from us. Yeah, definitely. Um, we all harp on about Jed Spence maraudering down the right. Um, Max Lowe is equally as important, maybe not as effective because he's just not got that uh, sheer power and skill, but definitely can can provide a good ball. He did that uh, earlier in the season when I went with Reese against Blackpool, put it on a plate for him and couldn't really miss. Um, it's good to have quality out wide and we've got two, two good fullbacks and a lot of good wide players as well that can whip a ball in. Um, yeah, and the easy pickings for Johnson, who's in red hot form since the, all those uh, uh, all the big money rumours of him leaving. He's was it six goals in his last seven games or something ridiculous? Something like that, yeah. that, that was his yeah. season. That was yeah. Yeah. So what a return for his first season in the championship. I mean, it's just a shame he's got a year left on his contract, and it's a it's it's a bit dubious whether we actually make it into the playoffs or not. So we'll yeah. wait and see. That we will, yeah. But obviously, like you said, there's a good, fair point you made, actually. I mean, it would have been quite easy for his head to have been turned by, like, the Premier League interest. But if anything, he's actually knuckled down and started increasing his output, which, you know, fair play to him, really. Um, but obviously, after that, it sort of went a bit pear-shaped for Forrest. I mean, Josh Madger scored after being poorly defended from a corner, which was probably bound to happen after the summer interest. And then Lee, uh, <laughs> with seconds left of normal time, Free Samba decides to clump one of their players around the back of their heads. Um, first, try and talk me through. I mean, I, I, I've seen it so many times that I can't make any sense of why he's done that. And obviously, it gives it to Horvath a big chance now as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It, it, I, I really don't know what he's doing. I thought at the game at the time, I thought the Stoke player had actually tried to stop him from taking a quick one. Mm. Um, but having looked at the replay, he doesn't at all. He just runs past him and he decides to banging around the back of the head, which, I mean, we've always thought Samba had that in the locker, but I never thought he'd go to that extreme. I mean, if anything, I think I think it's the other player who potentially tries to go through the back of Samba to stop him playing it early. Hmm. I mean, if he just maintains his ground, um, he probably gets a free kick himself, but for whatever reason, he decides to thump a player in the back of the head. So, yeah, it's um, disappointing. But like the guys have said, I mean four points from those two games, I mean, you would snap your hand off, but you'd probably say that they'd be the other way around. You'd want the win at home and a point at Blackburn. But, yeah, I mean, chance for all that. Cooper's worked wonders with other players who are coming uh, from the cold, so I, I don't see any reason why. Um, I mean, I've seen, you know what it's like on social media. Everyone's already written him off. I mean, yeah, he made one mistake man. against mm. Middlesbrough when we were managed by Hewton and everyone, everyone's confidence was just drained by then. So, Let's give him a chance. And I think if I remember rightly, he made quite a few good saves before Wolves ran right in the cup. So let's see what he's got. And it's a big chance for him because he's going to get three games as a minimum. So Definitely, yeah. It was certainly put a lot of um, faith in Dane Mur but Murphy's selection, seeing as it very much seems like his sort of buy. Um, mm. But I guess after the, the incident, I mean, like I said, it, was, it would have been very easy for Forrest to just sort of cave in. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us pretty much said unanimously, oh, that's it, we've lost. But it just seems as if we don't actually quite know when we've lost. Uh, that I, I think that is the eighth time this season we've scored in the 90th minute plus. 
uh, race that resilience. I know obviously Adam sort of said there that top six is a bit hit and miss, but surely with like determination like that, it can't be fully ruled out until it's mathematically impossible. That's a crazy start. I didn't know that, Christian. Um, usually, years gone by, it'd be the other way around. Once mm. we've conceded eight in the 90th minute, it probably was that under Lamouche. So, you can't fault them. You really can't. They, they don't know when they'd be the beaten. I mean, Ed won in the ground, probably thought once they took the lead, you know, we've got a bleeding centre half in goal, for God's sake. Um, without the 10 men, I think everyone's probably, you know, the game's done. Stoke, you probably even put money on the fact Stoke might score again. They might test Warrell from long range or something and, you know, might spill one in being a centre-half. But they didn't even test him, which I was surprised by that. I said that to my partner I sit next to her. I was just expecting Stoke to test him from long range, but I can't even remember him making save. Um, but going back to... You know, us getting equaliser. I mean, I felt quite sorry for Gardner because that was some free kick. You know, about took the crossbar off, um, and then McKenna's there and again wins his aerial duel. And you know, Yates takes the credit for heading it in from yard out. But you you have got to be in the position, I guess. But yeah, it was definitely a point game with the circumstances. Yeah, that that is the nature of the championship. We always kind of predict before a game what we would take, mm. and most would have said we would have wanted three points yesterday. But in game things change, and in the end, definitely a point gained, and that point might come valuable at the end of the season. And to be honest, I think even if we would have kept eleven men on the pitch, I don't think we would have won the game. I think it would have ended a draw. So, mm. in my personal opinion, so yeah, credit to him again. Can't knock him. Well, um, that is ultimately the big what if question, Adam. Something that you raised immediately after the game as well. And obviously, the passage of play that we scored from might not have happened had um, obviously Salmon not got sent off. But of course, when you take into account the fact we keep scoring late goals, do you think we might have won a game with 11, Adam? Hard to say, um, especially as I, I wasn't really able to like really like watching and listen to it, it's quite hard to give a, an analysis on that. Um, I think what, I, I have to kind of like agree with what Reese is saying and probably what Lee might might offer an opinion of should be in the ground if it's two teams that are quite evenly matched. I, I know Reese mentioned it was quite cagey um, and it has been like that against Stoke in the past. They're, they're a tough side and Michael O'Neill's done quite well with them um, and they're in a, in a position like us that just chasing that those playoffs amongst what about 13, 14 teams in, in in what is the the best league in Europe, in my opinion. It's just absolutely bonkers, isn't it? So um yeah, I think a draw was a fair result. And like like everyone said, that you take those two results, obviously maybe the other way around, but but yeah, good good honors for keeping going. Like that's just the Cooper way, isn't it? Definitely, absolutely. And Bill may continue as well. I mean, I have said as well, I mean, um, touch on your point, Reese, about moral being in goal. Um, yeah, obviously we used all three substitutes so Horvath couldn't come on. Yes, so the defence, even with 10 men, did a pretty good job of protecting him, really, considering that, you know, like any other normal team would have thought shoot on sight pretty much. But like you said, the fact he didn't even get um, a shot save is pretty impressive. But um, Lee, one thing I noticed and um, was a lot of, you know... Uh, it seems to happen every now and then, but it does seem that everyone was quite unanimous. In my mind, it might have um, been disagreements about whether Yates should have started or not, or 
XYZ or, X, or whether Sam should have been a red card or not. One thing everyone was pretty much dead set on was that the referee was an absolute farce. Um, what is your take on it? Well, I actually, I actually went to the game with a neutral yesterday. Uh, my <laughs> uncle was down. Um, and my mate turned to him after the game and he said, as a neutral, what did you think of the referee? And his, his verdict was, I don't think he did that bad. Now, the thing I then had to try and explain to him was, in terms of the decisions he made, he's probably right. He probably didn't do that bad. But it was the inconsistency for both teams that absolutely... I mean, at any level of refereeing, I always say, I don't really mind if they're bad, as long as they're consistently bad for both teams. And yesterday was just absolutely the other end of the scale for that. I mean, but every time a Forest player was was clattered into, he'd kind of dip his neck in and have a little look and then just wave the player up. Every time a Stoke player went to the floor, as long as they clutched their ankle, the yellow card was coming out. It was it was just I mean Davis Davis's caution, I don't think that it was it was probably just a foul. But to actually say that's a promising attack, well it was right on the line on in the middle of the pitch. So how on earth is that a promising <laughs> attack going towards goal? I mean it's it's just bizarre and then I said, I said to my mate after that caution, I said, you watch, Stoke's first bad challenge, they'll just get a talking to. I can't remember who it was. Went straight through Johnson. Most most obvious yellow card you've ever seen. Had a, had a bit of a laugh and a joke. Slapped the player on the arse. Off you go, lad. Don't do it again. Be a good lad. It's just, you can, you can, it was the sort of performance that you can see why people, you know, boil their piss over referees. It really was. And I, you, you know me on this pod. I hate saying it because I know how difficult it is. But I just think he was having a laugh and a joke with their players. And I'm not saying a referee shouldn't have a laugh and a joke, you know, if, if he's enjoying himself, fair play to him. But at least be consistent with your decision-making. At least give the cautions for one team that you're giving for the other. Give the fouls that you're giving for one team and not the other. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I didn't enjoy the performance. But I think Cooper, I, I do agree with Cooper. That for all the poor bits that the referee did yesterday, the one decision... He did get a spot on was the red card and the penalty. Mm. No, it is interesting because I remember even before the game, you said like this storm out of United and sort of flagged him as a potential hard work ref, and it, so it turned out mm. to be the case. But you know, thankfully, we've managed to get something despite that. And yeah, like I said, it's a good point in the end. Um, but it also came on the back of you know, a fantastic 2 0 victory away at Blackburn, which Reese was pretty much the Keenan Davis show up until his uh, substitution in the 70th minute. Yeah, it was um, it, it, it was just a crazy 90 minutes, really. I don't think I've seen a Forest game all season with a tempo like that. It was a typical cliches, you kind of Dar would say, a typical kind of cup game. It was just end-to-end. Um, and Keenan Davis typified that end-to-end stuff because he was, you know, his bulldozing run for the for the James Garner goal was you know, I think he went down, didn't he, halfway through it and got back up and managed to lay Garner and, you know, you know, his uh, bit of quality did the rest brilliant finish from from him. Um, but we kind of seen why some fans really, when we brought him in, Davis, why he wasn't, you know, his record too uh, keen on the signing because the chance he had at the end of the first half, you know, he did all the hard work and then you're just thinking, hit the target, either side of the keeper makes it 2-0 and he's smashed it over the bar. So you, but 
it goes back to what I kind of said when we signed him. He is, I don't think he's a, a prolific goal scorer like Lewis Graben is. Mm. I just think he's a central focus of that forward three where he will hold the ball up, his runs will bring others into play um, and they'll probably reap the benefits more of them scoring than him. But yeah, he's, he's looked really good. You know, we'll come on to it in the Leicester game where it was even as good for me as well. Um, yeah, look, he, he was probably one yesterday who I thought did probably look a bit leggy most. Um, and you probably saw that really. But yeah, so far he's been a um, really good signing on loan. That um, that run, I mean, I don't think we've seen anything of that, of that like bulldozer nature probably since Antonio, really. But it was the fact that even despite being clad, the fact he still had the vision to pop the ball <laughs> through two defenders <laughs> to their little gap. It's um, um, superb football. Like, what a player. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting what happens. Obviously, Stephen Gerrard's come out and said, we'll look at the summer. He still won't get a pre-season with Villa first before any decisions made, but we'll have a see what happens. Um, but obviously, like you said, the player who came on for him in both the Stoke game and the Blackburn game was Sam Surridge and um, Adam Surridge won a penalty. He looked, he actually reminded me of Graben quite a lot in terms of his movement around the pitch and his um, link-up play. How do you think he did in his league debut for Forest? Yeah, he put himself about um, extremely well. Um, could have laid on a couple of chances for other players instead of shooting. Um, I think he's still lacking a bit of match sharpness. And I think even as Cooper was saying about, he's normally quite a good finisher and he squandered definitely a, a chance um, where there was a bit of a, a mix-up in defence for Blackburn and he could have squared it really after Johnson hit a shot that the keeper parried out and he could have squared it and he took the shot on and, and missed. And then he put one nearly like in Rose Ed earlier, uh, one where he could have squared it so much sooner than he did. Um but no, to win the penalty, I mean, I think I've seen a stat that he's won the most penalties in like the least starts of games or something ridiculous. So it's another string to our bow, really. Like we do seem to win quite a lot of penalties this season for once we're actually scoring them. So it's all good uh, to have him as an option. And obviously the ball that he put out yesterday to start the move off for, for Johnson's goal was phenomenal. He must be working with James Garner on that. Absolutely, yeah. No, I thought it was good strength as well, the way he sort of held the defender off. He was almost waiting for the contact, I felt, for the penalty. And as soon as he got it, it was like, well, that's it. Like, no, the fact that there wasn't a single groan from any Blackburn player or any, like, even the fans just sort of just the noise just dropped. They all knew, everyone knew it was a penalty. He did really well to work that, I thought. Um, but although it wasn't as uh, retouched upon, Lee, it was a bit of a basketball game at times. It was very end to end. Um, most worrying, though. Uh, worryingly even though was when they obviously went out in 10 men and you think okay great that's it see the game out and if anything had the other effects where but Blackburn started being more aggressive in their press and more committed more men forward and we really sort of seen the struggle against that although we did find a lot of gaps in the counter um how did you find that sort of 20 minute passage of play um yeah it was a bit frustrating I think when when the other team goes down to 10 you're always hopeful that you're going to you know, have the have the line share of the ball and the play, but I don't know. I think um, it was weird because Mowbray kind of seemed to. They went down to ten and just abandoned any sort of shape or structure. The the criteria was you've got to be over six. If you're over six foot five, you need to get yourself into the box asap. <laughs> um, and I just thought with us playing three at the back, that kind of played into our hands a little bit. I think if um, if Blackburn had been a little bit savvier, they probably could have 
you know, we had the lead anyway. So I think we were always going to, you know, throw caution to the wind a little bit. So I think if they'd have been a bit savvier, they might have been able to create a few more chances for, for Brereton Diaz. But I can't believe I just called him Brereton Diaz, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was weird. It was very strange. But I think I, I was texting some of the lads in the WhatsApp group and I said, if we can just kind of see out this 20 minute spell, the, the extra man's just going to, you know, come up trumps for us in the end because, you know, we're just going to pick them off. And to be fair, before we wrapped it up, we could have probably been four or five up. Um, Adam has just mentioned the, the chances we missed. I think, I mean, Surridge could have had a couple when he, when he come on. So, um, yeah, it was, it was weird, but I always, I think it's, it's kind of a nod towards Cooper that I always feel that once we score first, I know it quite didn't go according to plan yesterday, but once we score first, I do think we grow into games and, and typically we, we see them out. Yeah, no, that is very true. Um, it's something, it's one of those weird things. Obviously, you've got to get after so many years of just it being the other way with Forest, where you hit a lead and mm. it's like you still can't rest. Um, obviously, with Cooper, it's very much sort of karma sort of approach, which is nice. But um, you mentioned him earlier again, Reese, uh, James Garner. Um, we'll, we'll comment again shortly again, but the composure for his goal against Blackburn was just phenomenal. And once again, like the way he, he the way he's inconsistently starting to run the midfield, you know, he's looking a serious, serious talent. We're gonna have a hard problem replacing him next year. Yeah, I think the last I think I don't know if I've mentioned it on this pod before, but the probably like last I'd say ten to twelve games now. He's just looked to me, his composure on the ball. We mentioned it in the Derby game, didn't we? That's mm. the one I'm thinking of. His composure on the ball, his box to box, um, his dead ball delivery's got a lot better. I think I think there was a period where his corners um, and free kicks weren't as good as they can be. You know, yesterday he put some good balls in from corners. The, you know, the free kick at the end, you know, he's probably a millimetre down, was not he, from that going in? Um, and it was pretty much quite central with the goalkeeper, but the power of it pretty much beat him. So, I mean, he's 20 years of age and, you know, Manchester United don't are not really going to give you new deals at 20 if they don't think you're any decent. Mm. So I do think um, probably his next step, whether that's with us or whoever, will probably be in the Premier League. Um, I do think probably United will do what they did this year with him and look at him pre-season. And then the problem isn't it for these top six clubs is Manchester United will probably go out and look at trying to buy Declan Rice or ex-CDM midfielder, box-to-box midfielder for however many million. So Mm. if he's he's like not... um, going to probably play it a lot for him next year. I do think they'll probably loan him out to a Premier League team then. Um, and if it isn't with us, it will still be nice to see him progress because he's definitely a talent for sure. Yeah, he's been a great servant for Forest, to be fair, for the last year or so, obviously a year and a half in the summer. And um, obviously the dream is we get promoted in the United Bears team for another year. But oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, exactly. he's, he's uh, seriously going to go far in the game, I think. Um, but we mentioned him earlier, uh, Adam, uh, ben Brereton Diaz reverted back to Ben Brereton against us. He still hasn't scored against Forest. Um, how do you think we dealt with him on the night? Because he seems to get quite frustrated very early. He looked pretty wound up from the get go, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I think he was obviously going to be their man to get the ball to in dangerous areas and try and score goals. But I thought uh, the back three 
did pretty well with lunifying him, really. Um, I think he was more offside than Simon Cox was for us when, when he played for us. So that's saying something. Um, yeah, I think he just, I think we just frustrated him. Any uh, anytime we could get like a bit of a, a niggling on him or just like, just we just, yeah, we just dealt with him really. Like, not, not really much else to say. We've got a pretty solid back three in the league. And I mean, we've not, we've not even mentioned Scott McKenna's like unreal block in the second half I think it was um, what, even when like Blackburn were at 1-0 one, uh, down with 10 men I, it was just phenomenal like we just defended so well um, in that game anyway but yeah just standard in it really like nullifying strikers apart from obviously Josh Madger yesterday which is unfortunate but uh, we, 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 we we can't all have perfect days can we Gets it quite from open play. I'll give it that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I actually think that was probably Cook's best game for us as well. McKenna was obviously we, we expected him being brilliant. Now it's like 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 Reece said the other um, the other week when he made a miss mistake pass. Was like, oh my god, that actually happens. But um, so we obviously he's he's consistently excellent for us. But Cook I thought was outstanding against um, Blackburn, which is what you want to see, and that's exactly the sort of leadership that you want from um well your most experienced centre half. Um, but one thing I noticed, Lee, was, um, and you sort of touched upon it, the fact that everyone six foot five gets to the box pretty much, their physicality. I don't think we've played a team as overtly physical this season as we had that Blackburn side. Like, ref was going into his pocket pretty much in every minute. Yeah, he was. It was, um, I mean, the Blackburn fans probably felt about that referee that how we did yesterday, I suppose. I suppose you've got to kind of take the rough with the smooth with that in, in some sense. But, um, yeah, again, I don't think he did a lot wrong. I'm going to say that because he helped Forrest towards a win. But I think <laughs> the frustration was he did seem to be, because their players were kind of bigger, a bit more physical, the, the fouls they were making were probably no worse than the ones we were. But they were just looking worse because, like I say, they're just bigger bigger men. Um, so, yeah, a lot of their challenges were deemed um, to be cautious. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I think the, the red card in that game was, I mean, why... Was it Lennon who was sent off? Why you'd make that challenge? Yeah, it was silly. On a player as savvy yeah. as Jack Colbeck, what's he gonna do if he, if he sees a player who's already been cautioned coming towards him like that? He's just gonna ride it and get him sent off. Um, mm. So I mean, they're not the brightest are the footballers. I mean, he'll moan and say it's just he's made two tackles and he's been sent off, but that's all it takes. You made um, two bad tackles. That's it. Yeah, made two bad tackles like that. And if, if you're willing to to kind of lose your head when you're on a caution as the captain, then you know, it's tough really. So yeah, it was uh it, it was nice to get the, the decisions in our favour for a change. No, definitely, yeah. I think also it's important that we show that we can deal with that sort of level of physical mm. threat. Because you know, as we've seen so often before in the past, you know, I, I always get flashbacks when we lost um the last home game before lockdown, where we lost for, we were three 0 down to Millwall inside pretty much fifteen minutes. They just bullied us relentlessly. It doesn't seem that's as likely anymore. No, definitely not. I think um, I've been very impressed with how we've, we've dealt with that sort of stuff uh, under Cooper. Um, I do think the three at the back does help us with that, to be honest. Uh, like you say, Cook was really good in that game. Um, his leadership kind of helps with that. There's no... I think under Lamucci sometimes we looked a bit... Especially Joe Worrell, to be honest. We've always had a little a little joke about Joe Worrell and target men. Um, but even that looks to be a thing of the past now. They, they just seem to be a... Uh, you know, a steely grit and determination that perhaps perhaps hasn't been there uh, under previous managers. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
perhaps we noticed that most in the Leicester game, really, where, um, I mean, Lee, those nine minutes, uh, sorry, uh, Reese, those nine minutes were pretty special, weren't they? Oh, you know, that... Uh, it's, it's hard because, you know, you know Leicester will be like, oh, because it's ours, but, you know, the, whoever the FA Cup holders are, Premier League team, come to the city ground, it's a sellout. For that, for us to blitz him away, and like you say, nine minute period, it was, you know, it's just a joy to behold, wasn't it? It really mm-hmm. was, and they just completely buckled. Um, you know, I do follow the Premier League, so I'm trying to keep my eye on stuff, and I do know they could um, concede a lot from set pieces, and it's been a problem for them. So it didn't surprise me that the third one was from a set piece, and. That header seemed to take an age to go in, didn't it? But um, no, no, it's doing. yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think the keeper got a tiny touch in to send it round him, uh, but it, well, oh, it was a yeah. bizarre kind of way of clearing it off the line. But going back to the first goal, Keenan Davis super bullied their centre halves. Yeah, I know Amarty usually plays as a, a central defensive mid, but I remember you know was it one or two seasons ago people were banging on about Sionsu being you know, top six clubs looking at him and he he, he was he was absolutely terrible. You know, he, he replicated his country's performances at Euro <laughs> 2021 um, in that game. So, yeah, Davis bullied him and brilliant header down and, you know, zinc through that, <clears throat> through the middle. I think he is better there because um, he's probably not got really that turn of pace as a winger. But, you know, saying that, he did, skin a couple of their players yesterday um, um, against Stoke but yeah and then um, so that was I've lost my words now <laughs> brilliant like I say brilliant from Keenan Davis and he taps it in the second goal I mean <laughs> you, you, you just from there into, I mean come on I mean, you, you just gone 1-0 down the crowds or you know settle yourself down and to do that was just an absolute disaster from their perspective but great finish from Brennan Johnson it was t- still a tight angle to pop mm. it through his country compatriots legs was nice and then the third goal like I've just mentioned um, I th- I'm sure we all thought with how Forrest had been as long as we've been supporting them once they got that goal back which was his own undo well Samba's undoing we all thought probably the worst and thought here we go mm. But second half, I didn't think Leicester offered much at all. They had that effort from Madison, didn't they? But once we got the fourth, I just thought they just was just completely out of steam. And I think the mentality has got to start to change on it now. We're not this team before who crumble. You know, we've seen that this week with yesterday, with Blackburn, with Leicester. And is it going to be, a, when is the point going to come where we think to ourselves, we're not like we used to be? Um, but we'll probably see that in the next round of Huddersfield. Yeah, because it, it's a typical game in the past. We think, yeah, we'll get beat. So we'll see. Definitely, yeah. Obviously, on the topic of Johnson, um, Adam. I mean, obviously, the there was the assists. Um, the I mean, that ball to um, uh, what's it, Davis was just on a sixpence, bang on the money where you want to put it. Obviously, he was in the right place at the right time, finished expertly for seconds. He was perhaps unlucky not to get a third, which affected shot was saved. You know, he just ran that right side completely and they just couldn't deal with him at all. How do you think he um, got on against more well, Premier League opposition? Uh, by the end of it, he was taking the piss, wasn't he? Like, he was yeah. doing, 
Everyone yeah, well, yeah. Even Ryan Yates doing no look passes and Cafu doing Rabonas. I mean, that is that is embarrassing for you. Um, Silver as well, stealing that fullback like he wasn't there. Yeah, but yeah, um, he he just he just looked like a player full of confidence, obviously, and it just shows that he probably is already ready to go to the Premier League, or was it that he was just he was just in red hot form? I don't know, but he was enjoying himself as long with, along with everyone else. But I mean. I think the scoreline flattered Leicester in honestly. We could have been about five, five, six, one up at half time. And then even second half, we should have got a few more added to the Jed Spence effort. So Leicester, I mean, I've been saying for ages we're due to hammer a team, but we we honestly hammered them without obviously getting the scoreline. But it was a battering, wasn't it? And it was good to see, obviously, especially after their fans kind of tried to ruin a few pumps and family days out in, in town. <laughs> um, yeah. Weirdly. Um so yeah, it was it was good to see. And obviously it's a nice draw in the next round, a good chance to get in the quarterfinals. I don't I don't remember the last time. Did Forrest get in the quarterfinals under Billy Davis? When we played no, Sheffield United, we battled it. Was, it that? was the last well, time Forrest and any manager got to the quarterfinals of any competition. Imagine if we get to Wembley in the FA Cup before we do by being in the championship playoff final. It'd be very forest, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be very forest. Yeah, we'll get into Europe and we won't get promoted. <laughs> But no, yeah, it was. Um, I think especially after, like you said, after the way their um, their big day out panned out, they got a bit too wound up and uh, upset. Very put in mind, it was great to see the away end just disperse after the fourth goal and just see all these angry men just shouting. Abuse. I, I think what summed up for me was when their players came over at the end, and they sort of stopped by the edge of the penalty box. And you just sort of see like all these like waving arms and pointing fingers to just rain down on them. It was utterly fantastic to see. Um, so Lee, obviously, I think uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we just, we just broke up this very briefly. Uh, Boris from set pieces. Um, so obviously against Cardiff in the last minute, it proved to be a bit of consolation. But Davis scored from set piece, and you know again against Leicester, we um, we dangerous from every set piece. It seemed like, but obviously one that Morrill got in the end of made it two goals in two games from corners. I genuinely can't remember the last time that happens where Forest actually looked like they carried a threat from set pieces. I under Hugh and all of last year, it didn't, didn't. There was no one making runs. There was no one gambling it just seemed like a forest corner would be like well united now we've got like 100 odds about scoring um so stuff that cooper's worked on but so it's such an important part of the game set pieces like how good is it to see forest actually be dangerous from them from for a change yeah it's really good and we, we have got some big lads who we can get into the box uh, in those situations um but yeah it's nice I, I remember a season when i think we we're in league one i think i think brecken scored about 12 goals and like you say, I think that was the last time where we remotely looked dangerous from from those situations. So it is it is nice to see. Um, I think it helps that Garn has clearly well worked on uh, sticking a better delivery in. I mean, some of his balls lately have been absolutely frightening, to be honest. Um, bordering impossible to defend uh, sometimes. Um, so yeah, long way to continue again. I think it's I think it's a, a nod towards having a, an Ed coach approach rather than a manager. I think. Chris Hewton probably falls into the bracket of someone who I've been in this league and done it before, so I'm going to stick to doing that rather than, you know, move with the times and move with how the game's developing. Um, I think head coaches will will see that, you know, you hear about set-piece coaches being introduced into clubs and that sort of stuff, and that's the way the game's going. It's such a, a good chance to get players into the box um, and score more goals, and, and thankfully we are now, you know, becoming a bit more dangerous from them. 
No, you're right about the um the Garner's delivery as well. I think was it was it Trevor Sinclair midweek who said that like his uh, set piece delivery was like David Beckham, which is about the highest praise you can give anyone giving a set piece. Yeah. So um and obviously we've got a few more months to benefit from that. So long may that continue. Uh, obviously touched on it very briefly there, uh, Reese, about Samba's moment of madness and how we all we both sort of looked at each other and thought, well, that's Brendan Rodgers' team talk sorted. You know, you've got a goal back, you've played shit out, you come second half and sort it out. Thankfully, it didn't happen, but. No, that's the second high-profile mistake Sam has made in three games now. And we're asking the same question. We're asking, did it start this pod? Like, how long do we keep him as number one? If, if all of our impressed in these three games, do you put Sam back in? Or do you sort of play it by ear? It's, it's a tough decision. If It, it all kind of depends on, on the three games before that. You know, if he does really well, I, I, do, I don't think Cooper would drop him now. I don't. Um, you seen yesterday, I, after I'd kind of calmed down for that idiotic moment he did, because there was no defending it. Um, there really wasn't. Um, Cooper didn't even look at him. He knew. Everyone knew. You know, and I'm sure he's been told. You know, Cooper won't need to say anything. The senior pros in that dressing room will tell him. And he'll, and he'll know. He'll know. And, you know, we all, we've all been advocates of his shit after he is a fan base. Yesterday, he's probably... You know, he's gone above that line, Auntie, and he's been caught. So hopefully it might tone him down a bit. But Paul Vaff will have to see, like Lee said earlier. I mean, everyone was utterly dreadful under Chris Hewton. Um, you know, Horvath, that mistake was the last kind of note one to have Hewton's reign. It summed it up really. Um, so we'll have to see how he does. Um Going forward for Samba, I don't, I don't know. There is a bit of a, it. It's a tough one because it is in the moment, but there was a bit of a, like an overreaction of oh, it always, oh, you know, he's a liability now, and he oh, he shouldn't be his number one, and Jordan Smith should come back and from the cold, and you know, all sorts of stuff thrown about. But you know, you know, the same fan base of like I said, advocated for this behaviour. You know, when he were, you know, getting in Ravel Morrison's face, etc. And that the referee could have easily whipped out a second yellow. So we'll have to see, like you said, Christian, play it by ACR Horvath does. I think we've seen in the couple of games we have watched him, he is a good shot stepper. I'm just not sure he's as good as his with his feet as Samba, but we'll we'll, we'll see over the next three games. Yeah, definitely. It's a big window opportunity for Horvath, of course, I guess. And like you said, I think it is important to note that, you know, Samba has been one of our better players this season. Uh, he's you know, shown very much why he's so revered. Um, uh, he's really picked up uh, since Cooper's got there. It's just maybe he needed reigning back and maybe this is the moment to reigning back. But the issue is now, I mean, if Horvath does impress in these three games, it's that window opportunity that you have to... It's, it's the life of keeper, isn't it? Like you make one mistake. The, posit- the positive for Horvath is, is there's a World Cup at the end of the year, so he'll yeah. want to impress because he'll want to play. He'll want to mm. want to go to the World Cup with the US. The US. Now I looked at their uh, table because of obviously Larea playing with Canada, and it does look like they're going to qualify, which they usually do. To be fair, so yeah, he'll want to play. He'll want to impress, and he'll want to. I'm sure he'll be thinking about that World Cup at the end of the year. Definitely, yeah. It's very interesting to see how that sort of pans out. Um, going back to the Leicester game very uh, briefly, though, I mean, uh, we obviously mentioned Johnson on the right-hand side, uh, Adam, but he was obviously doing that with his partner in crime in Jed Spence. Uh, Spence got on the score sheet as well, and uh, some very uh, few to do that, as you would. But 
those two as a pairing, I was trying to think, I mean, I guess the closest comparison we probably have would be maybe Cash and Lolly, a more recent one, but this could even be better than that. And the way they played against Leicester in tandem was just phenomenal, I thought. I just think they're so much more devastating. Um, you can't really argue if Spence goes for similar money now from, from mm. Middlesbrough to the Premier League side because he's played at right back far longer than Matty Cash did and he looks probably just as uh, effective going forward and going back as, as well. Like he, he likes to tackle, he's quick, he's powerful. He's a lot more trickier than Matty Cash. I actually think he's probably a technically better player though Cash has massively improved in the Premier League there's no doubt about that he's doing really well and it's pleasing to see because obviously he's, he was a bit he was a cool hero with us um, and Johnson is just playing unbelievably well it, it's it's good to see see two young lads really like firing in, in, in the championship and doing well and obviously getting linked now with, with big massive moves and it's good that they're doing it for us and we're, we're able to see that first hand Obviously, we'd like it to be a bit longer in a Forest shirt, but I don't think you can really complain if neither of them are here next summer and we're not in the Premier League because they've just been so, so good in this league. I think Johnson, you'd argue, he could probably get best young player of the season in the league, yeah. I would say. So you can't really argue with that. And if we get good money for him, it's, it's still, it's still it's a plus, it is. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it just is. It's, 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 how, it's how we've got to operate now, unfortunately, in, in this day and age because financial fair play we look like what it, what it's done to, to clubs you know we don't need to mention Derby but even other clubs like uh, Berry and Birmingham and QPR and, and etc and there's so many teams like that so we, we have to just do what we can and I, and I but I trust the recruitment to, to bring in replacements even if they do go but hopefully Definitely. that's not the case yeah I mean obviously the dream is to get promoted and keep both because I honestly I, I do think that even despite the interest from Arsenal Spurs etc I think if Forrest were to go up and we had a bit accepted for Spence. I do think he'd probably stay, um, just because apart from the fact it'd be thirty-eight guaranteed games at right back in the Prem, he just generally seems like some of the clubs sort of got under his skin almost, and he seemed to really be embracing it. Obviously, that could just be like the, the purest part of me talking, but it'll be interesting to see. But obviously, um, having to get there is another matter entirely. But one man who hopefully will be here next year, uh, regardless under any other circumstances, will be Scott McKenna, and. Lee, once again against Leicester, I think I'm pretty sure he won every single one of his aerial duels again. Like, like I said, it's becoming like so commonplace now; it's barely out of the ordinary. But he's just he's just a staggeringly good centre half, isn't he? Yeah, he's amazing. Um, probably our best signing for years for me. Um, just there's just no fuss with him. I mean, for for a youngish player, he's probably a bit old fashioned in the sense that he is kind of head it, kick it sort of centre-half. But, I mean, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I'm probably old-fashioned in the sense that all this playing out from the back is as nice as it is to watch. Sometimes it's just best, better to, you know, lace it clear. And he, he seems to... What I think he's done really well over the last, say, month or two, um, I think Cooper is asking him to kind of link up with Low and play out a little bit more. And But for the Cardiff game, he's, he's done it quite well. So... Um, yeah, again, it's it's another sign that of a player that's improved. I mean, not that he could. Imp- we didn't think he could improve anymore because he was playing well anyway. But yeah, he's improved no end under Cooper. Um, we really are running out of superlatives for him, aren't we? I suppose um, he he just is is that good. I mean, if you were doing the player of the season, I mean, this season's rare because there is a lot of contenders. It, it's not going to be 
because we're having a pretty good season. There's probably going to be five or six names in the mix. But for me, taking everything into consideration, I would probably still put McKenna at the top of my list because even when we were pretty poor for the first seven games of the season, it was always no one deserves credit except McKenna. Mm. Um, so for me, he would still be top of that list for me at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's probably a bit strange that no Premier League clubs are sniffing around him, to be honest. Um, whether the fact that he, he perhaps doesn't play it out perhaps as well as some other centre-halves will be available for a similar price is putting clubs off, but he's certainly no worse than Joe Worrell, is he? I mean, let's face it, we all love Joe Worrell to pieces, but um, as we know, a couple of years ago, he, errors did creep into his game and there was the Derby game in particular that I know lives long in your memory, Christian. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for me, that's not a slight on Joe Worrell, but for me, he's probably a better a better defender. Um, yeah, Premier League clubs seen hellbent on taking Worrell rather than McKenna. So, yeah, it's uh, that's all there is to it, really, with McKenna. He's just just oozes class every single week for me. Um, like I say, player of the season. Definitely. Yeah, I think it'd like, be a tough one. I'm sure when it comes to the end of the season, we'll probably have a look at like who our player of the season would be. But I suspect McKenna will be a very popular choice. Um, so, anyway, so... Lee and Adam have to drop out temporarily. They'll be back later. But we do have good news because Daniel Taylor is here. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Are you? Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Um, obviously, it's a pretty positive time for Forrest at the minute. Um, did you manage to get to the Leicester game at all? Uh, do you know what? I um, I didn't. I'm, uh, I was working. I, I went I went up to uh, Ray for... I was watching Ray for Rovers against Hamilton. Oh, of course. Yeah. On Saturday. Oh, and, uh, so that's saga, yeah. Yeah, so... I, Came back from Kakadi on Sunday. I spent basically like the entire train journey trying to get the Wi-Fi strong enough to watch it on my phone. So I was like two minutes behind you. So you know when you get when you get like goal alerts, <laughs> yeah. watching it. And I, was, I have to go for it. I I I left with the first club I covered, and I just I just I just didn't, I just really was. I don't know if it's because I used to cover them and I know people that I just was not optimistic at all. Really, I, don't, I just had that kind of. Old forest feeling of well, you know, probably we beat Arsenal. Fair enough, but um, the goal alerts were mad because obviously I was watching it and it was just like before I'd even seen the goal, it would you know it was like one nil, two nil, and then so yeah, so so I was kind of like just on a you know basically knackered coming back from Scotland, but obviously I've seen it all since and uh, oh, good fun, very good fun, yeah, and obviously um, it came on the back of a very strong transfer window in the end for Forest, which. Well, at least on paper, it seems that way anyway, which is also something a bit of an irregularity over recent years. Mate, honestly, it, it, there's, the, it's, I keep saying it, it's like an outbreak of common sense at the uh, top of the club, basically. And we, you know, we just, uh, listen, there's still a few frustrations behind the scenes that it couldn't have been even better. But if you actually look at it, it's not just like who we brought in, it's who we kept. So obviously we kept Spence, we, you know, we kept Brennan Johnson, I mean, and the, you know, the money that, you know, fair play to the owner, the money for Brennan Johnson, you know, it's like £18 million deal for someone that's, you know, played, what, 35, 40 games in the championship, you know, that, 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 to be fair to Brentford, that they put up a good offer, you know, so I must admit, when I, when I heard about that, um, I was in a tricky position when I heard about it, because it was just before we played, <laughs> and it was like, you know, I didn't want to put it out before the game because obviously it would just basically be a bit of a mood killer for the game. Mm. 
but then so it then came out because I sat on it, which is kind of slightly unprofessional of me, really, like from my work. Um, the Independent did it anyway before the game, but it kind of like just got a bit ignored. And then afterwards, I, I, I put it out, but obviously like, everyone's happy. It's just one of those like slightly awkward moments as a journalist when you're basically pissing on everyone's parade and everyone's like, you know, you know, we, we've won, you know, and it's like, oh shit, you know, here, you know, here's the, here's the guy with the, the bad news. But so, unfortunately, sometimes you, you have, to, it's not all about, you know, you sometimes have to put things out that people don't really like. But, um, but yeah, I mean, basically back to the, I mean, the transfer window, yeah, it just, it's, there were no, Later arrivals from Olympiacos, which is always nice. Um, <laughs> it's um, you know, I mean, I, I it, it's still not quite perfect because, and that's not that's not the fault of this regime. It's basically what came before. I mean, you know, there's the players that haven't whose names haven't come out that I know Forest have been in for, and other clubs have come along with with better packages for them. You know, better, and that is. A big legacy, really. Of you know, we are we are still we're, we're paying like millions upon millions every year for the players that you know the the, the mistakes basically that've been brought into club when, when we weren't operating with the sort of same recruitment team, the different CEO, different way of thinking, all very sort of knee jerk and a bit emotional, and um, you know, players brought in on you know slightly terrifying wages. That I mean, we you know we, we'll still be paying for. The majority of Lyle Taylor. Lyle Taylor's, you know, earning over 30 grand a week. Um, Nuno de Costa, um, who else is there? Carl Jenkinson, you know, we'll still be Yeah, Arter's still at the club. I, I, I mean, to be fair, I feel a bit hypocritical about Arter because even though, even, even though he's not a great age, I kind of didn't realise that he was just going to, you know, I thought he would be quite an influential player. So, I mean, you know, so I... So I so you know, hands up. I kind of got that badly wrong, but I mean, the you know, it's not it's not my job also to be kind of analysing these things closely. And it just seems sometimes that you know, if someone has a good game against Forest, as Lautaire did. Uh, don't get me wrong, you know, like you know, I know Lautaire is quite popular with a few fans, but I mean, when you look at his, you know, he, I, I don't think he um, was talent-wise particularly high. Um, so. You know, it's just, it's just, as I say, basically we, we're paying like huge sums every year. And so when people get frustrated, I get so many people like mates of mine saying, you know, why can't we just, why can't we just get Jed Wallace, you know? Like Jed, Jed Wallace, maybe like three years ago we would have done, but Jed Wallace would be looking, you'd be looking at a fee for two to three million. You'd be looking at big wages, again, like 25 to 30K. You'd be looking at like, you know, 500K to a million, perhaps for, for an agent fee. The guys that I mean, there's, there's four months of the contract of the season left, exactly. and then he's a free agent. Yeah. That's a lot of money to spend on someone who, you know, at the end of at the end of April, start of May, is going to, you know, will have played his last game for Millwall. So I can see it from both sides, and I'm, you know, we all we all do that fan thing, don't we? Of like, oh shit, you know, I'll, I'll, let's get him, you know. Let's, but there's proper common sense now that even though we all think oh, there's a chance, there's a chance, it's still probably quite a small chance, and there's probably more of a chance that, you know, we wouldn't go up and like, you know, we, we, we just can't keep in that churn of signing kind of play, players who basically won't have any resale value in three years and will be on massive money. And, you know, I, I, just, I just really like this, this um, attitude of going young, 
getting players who basically their their value you know hopefully they'll we'll see them in the Premier League with us but yeah if not and they and they prove that you know making Forest a club where they, they you know they can prove that they're good enough for the Premier League and hopefully that'll be with us obviously but if not and they are sold we get a profit because I've I mean I've said before like we don't for years we we don't buy players and then sell for profit the last one I can think of is Antonio like in terms mm. of well, there hasn't been any in this in in Maranakis's era I think. The only, the only one I can think who, who we've signed and has gone, I'm not talking about academy players, but the only one I can think that we've signed and then sold to a Premier League club is Jack Robinson. And I think he went for like a nominal fee because he was, mm. you know, I don't think we got, well, I know we didn't, we didn't get. So so that, you know, when you think of the wages that we're paying, you know, there's no wonder that all this, oh, you know, let's, let's go out and get these, you know, there's a lot of players that we've put in quite low offers and you know, um, basically, and ended up not getting. So even though it is great, and I'm really, really full of admiration for the way Dane Murphy is running the place, the new thinking of the recruitment team, who you know all seem very clued up. Um, just, just everything. Really. It's all good. I mean, it all comes back to Steve Cooper, really, ultimately. Yeah. But it's, it, it's. I think it's still going to be like a year, a year or so before. We've got rid of all the <laughs> the the um, deadwood for people thing, like. It's, it, well, it, it's it's not so much them hanging around. It's it's the I mean, you could throw Bong, Bong into this as well. You know, but but the contract that he got, you know, the money that you, you're spending on someone who just add them all up together and work out how much it is a year, and then you can work out why there's a few players that we've gone in a couple of hundred grand below probably what's going to need. Mm. You know, um, I mean, we. Uh, this is going back to the last transfer. We 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 made three bids for Lee Buchanan at Derby, and you know, I don't I don't think we really got particularly close because you know we're just not in a position to be kind of going in hard and and high bids. Um, so so yeah, so that's that's still slightly with us. But I mean, that you know, I'm, I may be nitpicking a little bit because I like what we've done. I like. It's really good to see us turning down a bit. I mean, we all probably think Brennan's going to go, don't we? You know. Yeah. I mean, I think if we don't get up, we'll resign to that. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a bit crushing in the middle of the season. I mean, there was, you know, there was a fear, you know, if they if they sold Brennan and brought in Jed Wallace and the lad from Blackpool, and mm. if one of them had hit the ground, you know, Jed Wallace is a top player, you know, but it's just it, it still would have been hard, you know, hard to take, and like it would have felt like the momentum. And we've seen it all before, haven't we? Can you remember when? Um, oh Christ, what's it? Burke, I'm guessing you mean. Burke. Yeah, yeah. You know, like at that time, he, I mean, he's obviously it's not worked out for him, but at that time, you know, that 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 kind of like crushed everyone, didn't it? That, yeah, it did. Yeah. You know, um, you realise season before he really got going, he was only five games in, wasn't he? When it was like, well, yeah, that's it. yeah, so, I mean, yeah. So, but you know, the. I don't think they actually got any offers for for Joe Wall, but you know, I love Joe Wall. I think he's, I just think he's pretty. I'd be gutted when he leaves. But Warrell, Joe Johnson, keeping Spence, which was you know a bit touch and go. Um, yeah, good good window, isn't it? Really, definitely. I mean, you mentioned Wallace there. I mean, um, do you think that obviously with his contract running down and with the interest that we put in for him? Regardless of what league Forest find themselves in next season, you know that's something that we'll maybe revisit on a free agent. I know um, Murphy's philosophy is largely not to pay fees for anyone over twenty six unless they're exceptional, and obviously he must have felt Wallace was exceptional to go 
he's 27 now so it's sort of just yeah for a few bits yeah. in. but do you think um, that's something that Forest will look at in the summer well Steve Cooper very much likes him and Steve Cooper, when he'd done the job that he's done, which is just phenomenal, basically. Mm. I mean, I can remember when when Chris Hewton left and without sounding like a clever ass, I knew, I knew Steve Cooper was getting the job. And I couldn't, and like, it was a, I was I was kind of like saying, you know, Steve Cooper's the leading. And like every, well, not every tweet, but it wasn't, it wasn't greeted with like great enthusiasm. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of, can't we get, why can't we get Chris Wilder, you know? And, you know, and it's just, I mean, when you look back, it's just, I mean, the, he he has transformed the place. I, I love listening to him. Just love the work. You know, he's everything that I think Forrest needed as a manager and the fans wanted. And, you know, I, I just, let's hope he's with us for, you know, there'll be a time where basically we probably have a dip. I just basically hope that, you know, we're all the, I'm sure they will as well. I think all the fans, you know, stay with him. And I, I hope he's our manager for a long time because, I, I think he's the real deal, you know. So, um, so anyway, when you've got someone like that, the there is a, you know, he. Sorry, you look at someone like Steve Cook. Um, that really isn't the philosophy of the modern day Forest, to you know, which is base, you know. But, but at the same time, Steve Cooper's a big fan. Steve Cooper wanted a bit of leadership in the back, and, you know, Steve. Um, it's you could look at it and think, you know, I mean, he's got a very good deal apparently and um you know he's he's a, a guy he's for it just you know it slightly goes against the the vision i suppose of the modern day forest but but equally i do think that the manager is sometimes entitled to kind of you know that's you know it doesn't have to be rigid you know you can be flexible and discuss these things so it'll be interesting to see because obviously i do i do think that that forest will go back in for the lad at Blackpool who was a much better age. Yeah, it's um, a good player bowler. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, you know, I haven't I haven't seen a huge amount of him, but obviously, you know, I think that his age certainly suits Forrest a bit better. And then I suppose when he, the thing is when he comes down to being a free agent, it then becomes a little bit of a well who's who's going to offer me the biggest wages. Mm. And I'm not entirely sure that Forrest are that club any longer. Now, don't get me wrong; if I might look stupid, if now we sign Jed Wallace in 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 the summer, I'm sure Steve, I'm sure Steve Cook and Chris Hutton before him both liked Jed, Jed Wallace. You know, he's a very talented championship player, and he's a he's a kind of now type of player. You know, you don't have to mm. give him six months, or you know, you you'd expect him to hit the ground running. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, if you know they they. They look elsewhere. They look at the lad from Blackpool, perhaps, or, or maybe they've got, you know, maybe they've got somebody else. You know, I think they 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 definitely did like Paul Makeru, hmm. if I pronounce that correctly. You know, he was he was obviously quite heavily linked last transfer window as well. So, again, possibly same as Wallace, really. Well, slightly different because obviously it's different, but but again, you know. We we just don't throw money these days at players unless. Well, we try to be sensible, which is, you know, I think sometimes it's slightly frustration. I'm sure the fans, everyone wanted someone like Jed Wallace to come in, but then I also kind of think, well, you can't, you can't get behind the chief exec and the recruitment and like be the, you know, like thank God they're not acting like the previous chief exec and the pre, you know, and then, you know, be be sort of complaining about it if you know what I mean. So uh, we'll have to see. I mean, I don't, I don't know who they'll sign in the summertime, but it's the the, the one thing this summer. It's it's going to be a massive summer. 
It's like yeah. I think like half our team are letting yeah, play. Definitely. If we don't, if we don't, if we if we don't go up, it's going to be quite heartbreaking in a way, because just well, think of the excitement of watching Forest, like the speed of on the right wing, like you know Brennan goes, Spence's, you know Spence's going to get a Premier League club coming in for him. So it's very hard to kind of replicate that at the moment, you know. Um, I mean, Spence is getting so much praise, it's kind of getting a bit overlooked that Max Lowe's been brilliant as well. Yeah. You know, he's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, is there a chance we can get him back? I think there's certainly more of a chance we'll get him than the others, perhaps. Um, I mean, Keenan Davis, I really like, I just, when he signed, I'm, I, 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 you know, I can't lie. I, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't realise, you look at, the first thing you do is you look at a striker's goal stats and they're not brilliant, but he's, he's a good player. And it's like, it gives us something we didn't have, you know, like through the middle and just strength. And I mean, the way he set up that first goal, I don't think we've, we had a player like that. I don't, I don't think that's really like Graben's game perhaps, or, um, and Graben's an interesting one because, that's going to divide a lot of people because, like, this it's not guaranteed. You know, Graben, Graben could be talking now to other clubs. You yeah, know, he's in his last, you know, he's going to be he's 34. You know, he's, I mean, I know he's the captain, and but you know, if if um, he came close to leaving before, you know, we had a chance to go to the Middle East, and you know, that's the type of you know, well, it's a bit cliche, but like one, one last payday and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, he, he doesn't fit. Strictly speaking, the vision, <laughs> he's, you know, he's just turned 34. He's on, you know, two or three times the wage of a lot of the other players. Um, you know, you could bring you could bring in two players for his wage, basically. Yeah. Players that in the end would end up making money. But then at the same time, he guarantees you 50. If he's fit, he guarantees you, what, 15, potentially mm. more goals. I say at least 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. So how do you replace mm. that? It's a, so... <laughs> That's a, it's a tough one I, because there's a chance he's you know there's a chance that this this could be his last few months because I mean yeah. it, it, well he, he hasn't been given a con he hasn't been as far as I know he hasn't been offered a contract a new contract so um, maybe that will happen at the end of the season we'll see where we are but you know it's um, there could be a time where he where he's well I'm sure his agent is getting very busy at the moment. Um, you know, and I'm sure he's getting offers as well because all of a sudden he's one of the players that looks completely different now because Houston's gone. Yeah. Um, a couple of, I mean, in regards to Graven and Dan, I mean, we all on this podcast would like to see him off, be offered another deal because, like you yeah. just said, his goals speak for itself. But I just get the sense with it now being into February and Forrest haven't really offered him a new deal. I just get the sense he might be going at the end of the season. Obviously, we'll have to see um, in regards to that. Um, going back to um, players who he was linked with in January, I know Lee Buchanan's been um, obviously we've made bids for, but that went a bit quiet in January. It seemed. Yeah. But um, the other guy from Derby, um, Ebersale, was he any interest in him? Because it was reported we yeah. put a bid in for him. Yeah, um, it, yeah. Um, we didn't go in for Buchanan in in um, mm. not properly. We did do. Previously, mm-hmm. they like. I mean, they like him. They've 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 made that obvious. They've put three bids in for him in the past, but Derby just won't come anywhere near the table. I mean, mm-hmm. I, the whole thing at Derby is very weird. Um, I don't know if 
you know, I mean, they're, they're obviously run by administrators now, so you, you think they wouldn't, wouldn't care less if it's Forest. You know what I mean? It's not like um, mm. it's not like it's Mel Morris being being like a, you know trying to show the fans that you wouldn't deal with Forest. It's it's meant to be run by like a hard nosed. But then equally, they're not they're not selling anyone. You know, they've not they've not sold. They've had bids from Millwall for um, Sibley, and yeah. they've had. I'm sure they've had. They, they had a. They're Bournemouth who are trying to sign. Um, Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. I mean, it was reported. I, I, I kind of. I, I don't think he's coming, because I know he's got a lot of interest from. Oh, I'd be, I mean, I'd be delighted if he's he's rapid. Yeah, he's a good. <laughs> he's, I, he's a good player. I don't, know, I don't know if you saw there was an, there was an interview in Kicker magazine with George Sirianos, um, a couple of days ago that. I saw it was translated and appeared on Twitter, and and he talked. I think I mean people I know in Germany talk about George like very very highly, and he and he talks in this interview about wanting Forest to be the fastest team in the league. Yeah, we both read it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you can mm. see that with um, so Max Lowe's fast. I mean, like the wing, perfect set for the wing backs. Spence, Jesus Christ, you like? I mean, it's just. It's like, <laughs> Brennan's like the fastest player I think I've ever seen that with the ball. You know, like there was that story Cluffy with John McCuffin, and there was was it John McCuffin is like, you know, like when he made him sort of like run with the ball and then run without the ball, and he's like, you know, taught him a lesson. But Brennan's the same with the ball. So um so I know he I know he got injured, but I would say two two, who was meant to be the first choice ahead of Spence, he's fat, he was fast, you know. So basically they're trying to Trying to get proper speed, which I, I really like because it's exciting to watch as well. But you know, Eberselli is fast. I went to Derby, Birmingham, the other the um, oh, the two draw. Yeah, yeah Sun, the, Sunday one. Yeah, the protest game. Um, quite interesting. I was trying not to get recognised on the. Uh, <laughs> along at the time. Um, um, and. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't, listen. I don't think I don't. I think he'll he'll leave in the summer. That basically everyone is pretty much going to leave Derby in the summer. They're all out of contract virtually. Um, Derby do actually have a have a option on Buchanan um, to put another season on him. Buchanan would come to Forest. I know that for a fact. He he's not a Forest fan. He supports Man United. This, but so there's a picture of him with a mug, <laughs> and everyone thinks, oh, you know, because he's from Mansfield. He's don't get me wrong. He's been in Derby's academy since he was like eight, so it's not. So he, I'm sure he like loves Dar, loves the loves the. Set, you know, he will look. You know, that club will mean a lot to him. But it's just any common sense. You know, it's kind of that. You know, Derby are even if they do get a takeover, are um, you know they're not going to get out of the shit they're in for quite a while. And basically, he wants to be going upwards rather than downwards. But um, yeah, Eberselli, he's got he's got loads of offers. He's got like. Big German clubs after him, Italian clubs. Uh, I, you know, if if he's got the wherewithal to go abroad at his age, then he can he could earn a lot more money than he would with us. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'd like I'd like to see that because he he's fits the criteria, and it wouldn't surprise me if if we tried. But I I. I it's a bit optimistic, perhaps. Yeah. Um, 
it was interesting actually that on soccer derby very quickly uh that i think it was reported in the athletic actually by um i imagine it might have been elias burke he said that um there was a forest player that derby were targeting if they were allowed to sign players do you have any idea who that might have been i don't know no i just uh, it strikes me as nonsense i just think i don't like <laughs> Uh, it was I mean, a bit ambitious, I thought, we were really talking about Brian. It was from, it was from I, I mean, without name-dropping, I do kind of know Wayne Rooney, because obviously I covered United and England for all those years when he was playing, and he's very, very political. People think he's fake, he, just because he's not particularly eloquent. He's, 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 you know, he spent a lot of time with Paul Stretford, who is one of the most streetwise football agents in the... You know, Rooney is quite a... Um, you know, he's, I wouldn't say he's Rafa Benitez-esque, but he's hes kind of, you know, he's got that side to him. It was just a stupid thing to say because Derby haven't got any chance of signing anyone. They can't, they, Derby can't sign, the kid they've decided sold to Crystal Palace is from their, he's on the youth team wages at Derby because they can't give him a professional contract. They can't, they, they can't, their hands are tied by everything. So, so this whole thing of them trying to sign a player from Forest, it's just a nonsense. I mean, you know, it's, I'm sure he probably said not as far as well because he, because he, because that again, he, he's clever and he knows that the fans will like that. It's, it's a nonsense. We haven't got any, what players have we got to sell at the moment? No, I mean, like, well, if he wants, if he wants Harry Arter or, or <laughs> it's just, they're not going to be able to cover his wages either. That's the thing. So, Forrest I mean, are not going to Forrest are not going to do Derby a favour and say we'll pay all his wages and you can have him. Are they? It's just not going to happen. No, no. <laughs> it's a ridiculous, ridiculous thing, especially especially when Forrest couldn't even get an answer from Derby when they were trying to get Buchanan. So you know, Derby would just kind of like shut us down and like you know, um, it, it just it, it, I'd be amazed if there's any truth to that. I mean, it might be that basically they Derby have some scouts and they. I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, I really, I really don't. I can't see anywhere. <laughs> look at our, look at the players that aren't. I, I can't think of any players that we, that we currently would sell. Um, maybe maybe like I, I'm quite intrigued about what's happening with Joe Lolly. It's like I kind of, you know, kind of wonder whether it's almost like shaping up to be a bit of a long goodbye with him, really. But still not going to send to Derby or you know. I, I, I mean, I will also add, I do like Joe Lolly, and I hope I'm wrong there, but again, probably on big wages, sort of, have we seen the best of him? You know, he kind of, you know, he's he's not quite as effective. Well, he's not, is he? He, get, he picks up injuries. Um, I still think he's a good player, but maybe maybe we've sort of seen the best of him and we're going for this kind of, you know, this, well, I don't know, we'll have to see, but summer's going to be massive. It's just, you know, I mean... Zinkanagel's gone, Garner's gone. Can we get Keenan Davis back? Can we get Maclow back? Probably going to lose Brennan. I don't know. It's like, probably, you know, Spence is going to go. Graben situation, it's not quite clear. You know, it's it makes things so much easier if we just got promoted. <laughs> Look, just sign Spence. Keep Brennan. Give Brennan the contract that, gee, you know, like that's, you know, that's that's maybe one mistake. Just offering our academy players, it happens a lot of places, but offering, it's, it's not right, you know, like kind of because they're academy players, they sort of get almost a bit treated badly, like money wise, you know, like Warrell's not on great money. 
and then they kind of like sign players that are on substantially more and everyone in the dressing room knows what everyone's on and it's kind of you know like they should have given Brennan a much I don't think maybe they knew how good Brennan was going to be so quickly like Chris Hewitt didn't even Chris Hewitt didn't think he was ready for this season so I'm not sure I don't know I don't know it's just, I don't know I mean it's just a, I mean I don't mean like necessarily a contract to you know, if he signs a Matty Cash signed a contract and then was then sold, it kind of helps the protects That's the value. value. Yeah. yeah, and it's just kind of like, and if he's not sold, then he's then he is being given what he earns, what he deserves. But you know, I feel you know, I feel like Brennan's been slightly complicated because basically they were asked, they were asking for um, like a buyout clause, and I think it was like ten or twelve million. And when you look in hindsight, Forrest were justified to say no because. We, we would probably have had to sell him for 12 million in this window. So, yeah. so, so in a way, I congratulate them. But in another way, I kind of think, well, why is Brennan on like, oh, it's not a pittance, is it? It's football's wages. But why, why is he on? Comparative pittance. Comparative, yeah. And, and you know, I kind of know there's, there's other play, players there who are not anything like as effective. And, and you know, they're, they're on twice his, twice his money, three mm. times his money. Um, <laughs> that's probably one of the quite that do you think that is something they'll sort out before the end of the season is new, a new deal for him or is it going to be one of them um, I don't know is the honest answer I can't I'm not going to mm. pretend I uh, I know because if, if, I mean if if you were Brennan you'd probably you probably, you know, at the end of the season, if, 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 as we probably think, other clubs will come in, you know, like, I think a lot of us are kind of feel like, you know, can he do better than Brentford? You know, um, Leeds, Leeds really like him. Um, you know, I'm sure they'd be like, you know, it feels like they'd be like a, you know, it feels like a kind of like a Newcastle and Everton or someone like that might, might come in and, um, I just made that Everton up there, but Newcastle were linked, weren't they? And you know, do you know what I mean? It feels like he could get like a bit more of a, a bigger club than Brentford. I think mm-hmm. like Forest fans are a bit sort of, you know, we're all kind of a bit jealous of Brentford, but equally we're a bit like, you know, it's it's, it's Brentford in, with all due respect. <laughs> <laughs> That's what really sounds a bit disrespectful, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I I don't know to be honest. If I, I kind of think that. He'll probably my, my my hunch would be that he goes in the summer, and there's not much point giving him a new contract in April just to sell him in June. Mm. So I kind of would be surprised. I'm sure they'll try and broach it at the end of the season, but it'd be great if he got one, one more year out of him. But it depends who comes in, doesn't it? You know, it depends who you know. But I mean, he's he's getting so him and Spencer just like every time we play these games, like BBC One. All of a sudden, him, him and Spencer getting like a lot of coverage that they wouldn't have got normally. Like, you know, people are saying to me, like, you know, Jesus, that Spencer looks... And I'm like, if it wasn't for these FA Cup games, they probably wouldn't have cared less because, like, it's basically, you know, the EFL games on on Sky. And it's it's not the same, but, like, it makes, you know, like, living in Manchester here, like, my son's mates at school are talking about Forest all of a sudden. And, like, you know, it's... So... It's kind of good for the value, and I'm sure Middle- this is why Middlesbrough let him let him stay because a that's a bit weird because he's been good as gold of us, but a apparently he was an absolute nightmare at Middlesbrough, just 
an absolute horror show. And there was just like incident after incident and just, you know, where it's come to us, it's been absolutely brilliant. I don't know what, what it was in Middlesbrough or personality clashes or whether it's a little Warnock thing or Middlesbrough thing or whatever, but Middlesbrough didn't want him back, but obviously they could see he's playing brilliantly for us. But at the same time, they're like, do we really want him after the way he kind of... So for them, it was about, let's keep him at Forest, get a bit of extra money from out of Forest, because we had to pretty much buy up the claws so they didn't take him back. And um, basically, if he carries on like he is, his value is just going to go up and up. So Middlesbrough are going to be loving this. Basically, through Forest, they're basically ending up getting a player who could be go, getting sold for, you know, 15, 20 million. Whereas, you know, the start of the season, it's like, I mean, you know, that 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 that's probably the big regret that when we got the deal, there was just like not a, you know, when it, talking about last, you know, when he came, it was a bit of an afterthought, wasn't it? It came like the, you know, was it the last? No, it wasn't the last. It was um, Eli. Eli was the yeah, last. Yeah, it, it was. Was it like I think announced in the morning after the window? Yeah, and it's a bit like, oh right, okay, but that's probably our, certainly my ignorance for for not knowing much about him. But but basically, there was there wasn't a great deal of excitement. I mean, you know, Jordi, I say Tutu was going to be the the, the wing back or fullback, so it was a bit mystifying, really, because we'd also signed the. Well, we've been given the guy from Olympiacos. So, so for middle Middlesbrough must be like rubbing their hands, really, with what Forrester. But what I keep saying is, <laughs> they've taken a gamble as well. You know, it'd be, you know, Spence could be our player of the season. I mean, if we finish sixth and Middlesbrough finish seventh, and he's our player of the season, then it's going to blow up in Middlesbrough's faces. I'm sure their fans are going to be incredibly pissed off, but. As it is, we're 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 creating, we're making like fifteen million probably for them. Probably, I don't know what Spencer's going to go for money wise, but um, you know, it's just going up and up at the moment. Well, someone then to be setting a high interest uh, loan account for us at the minute is his housing value just keeps skyrocketing. How well he plays. Yeah. I mean, Borough fans on Twitter don't seem to like him at all. I mean, they well, must obviously have been like well, used to been, been good, as well, well, yeah. I think they'd like him if it wasn't for the fact they've already they have actually got a good replacement. If they yeah, have. they have. So, so it's it's a bit of bravado as well, isn't it? I'm sure they. So it's like you know I probably, they probably don't want to admit that the, you know it's like on Twitter and stuff for football fans. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, um, <coughs> yeah. 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 I mean, also, and also, if you were them and you see, I mean, Spence every time he there's a. It's like a reading between the lines and his tweets and stuff. He's basically pretty much saying, "I had, a, I didn't like it with Middlesbrough, and I'm so happy now. I'm at Forest. Um, you know, if you're a Middlesbrough fan, he probably wouldn't be very happy. Um, but I mean, you know, he, he I'd, be, I'd be interested because there is sometimes a bit of, you know, there is a bit of a difference. Well, there is a big difference between being brilliant in in our league and being brilliant in the top league. But I just think he's so fast and strong and big mm. and. I just think he's got, you know, for modern football, I think he's perfect. It's it's a similar situation, really, like you said earlier, Dan, with Steve Cooper in terms of Swansea fans. Again, he gets a bad rep from a lot of Swansea fans on Twitter. And well, as, like, Forest fans who don't know much about these like, players and managers, you're kind of going on what other fans are saying. So that's that probably where, like, the, the well, excitement's was, not come about. Yeah, that was what was... 
making everyone feel a bit jittery about because mm, yeah. obviously you, it's important, you look at what the last lot of fans and they were talking about it being like the worst football they've ever seen and, and <laughs> I mean they probably are a bit spoiled because they had Brennan Rodgers we've said there, this haven't we you know so, but, um, but and I don't you know they well I mean it's been as exciting as it's been at Forest since probably Billy Davis's sort of first team and that sort of like mm. short era when you know we went to everyone goes on about a game at West Brom it didn't really you know um, you know we looked great then didn't we for a while and but it might someone put on Twitter the other day but it might it feels like the club have got more purpose now than any time apart from when and they, and, they, and he gets forgotten Dave Bassett's promotion season when we actually won this league and everyone forgets Dave Bassett or just yeah. I mean, he'd swap what he did for us. Then he, I thought he did a brilliant job, to be fair. He just got um, shafted by the board. But, um, <laughs> but we felt like we felt like we had like a real kind of like we that season we, we kind of knew we were going up, didn't we? Um, mm. And then obviously like the whole Campbell Bannister Roy. Yeah. Bannister. the Hayward's replacement, rude in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's my that's my Manchester twenty years <laughs> in sorry. Um but yeah it's but yeah I just feel like we've got that purpose back that um that we had then if you know what I mean. So like I say I was a bit like annoyed at myself in a way because I, I just thought I got it in my head we we're gonna lose to Leicester. When we're three 0 up, I was thinking we'll fuck it up. No, we were the same. We were three one. We were three that's the game completely changed and it's almost like doing a disservice to Steve Cooper and the it new is, I agree because the second half it, there wasn't like a period where like we looked nervous or penned in or, or uh, you know I mean basically the, the, you would have think the championship team that you know it was our right wing back who's goes you know basically attacking like a you know, going through to score the fourth goal and stuff, rather than like being in, in, under instructions to sit back now and basically make it a five-man defence and like you know put, you know put put a side sort of wall of three in front of it and stuff. You know that. So, so I was getting texts from mates saying, "You know, Jesus, Forest are good, aren't they?" Like, and I was like, "You've gone too early," because I'm just you know like you know like when you know when you, we've we've had twenty years of nothing, <laughs> it's it's it gets in your head, doesn't it? And yeah, so I was just thinking we could lose this four three, and it'll be like mortifying. But that's just that's just uh, that's getting rid of that culture, and that's and to be fair, that's why I like listening to Steve Cooper because he's trying to kind of like shift the entire sort of thinking of the club really. So honestly, mate, I I um I know it might be getting, it might sound a little bit overexcited and stuff. End of the season, give Cooper a bigger contract. Yeah, yeah get him on absolutely. A, yeah, he's not. I think. It's got like two seasons after. Just, it's not. This isn't a, a new bounce. This is like a top manager with who gets us. I mean, people talked about Chris Hutton being a top manager, and he does have a. He's got two promotions on his CV. I mean, I think Chris Hutton must be embarrassed to be watching. You know, when it's so like Chris Hutton didn't think Brennan Johnson was ready. He's <laughs> being. He now could be sold for twenty million. And just Christian didn't want to play wing backs, and he, 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 you know, he wanted older. He didn't. It's just, you know, he's come in and he's just he's just changed the whole. I, I genuinely think, and I, I know, like, it might sound a little bit 
sort of knee-jerky, and I hope it does, but I do think end of the season, give him a, you know, let's get him tied down, because otherwise someone, well, I mean, to be fair, as long as we're in the championship, we're vulnerable anyway. Yeah. You know, like, if this continues in six months' time, then, then, you know, there'll be Premier League clubs looking at him and think, you know, if, I don't know, you could see him, I hate saying you could see him at a Brighton, yeah. couldn't you, with Graham Potter yeah. 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 Progressive, progressive young manager who, and if we're in the, if we're, I mean, I do think he gets us. I think he, I think he looks around. You know, you, you see him sort of, don't you? When when we're looking tires on and stuff, you see him looking around. You know, like it's a proper good place to be at the moment, Forest. Like the atmosphere is the best I can remember it ever. Like, and that sounds a bit weird. I've seen us like as a much better team, but the atmosphere now is better. It's like everyone's singing in every stand. Like we didn't do that when it was when we were like beating every beating everyone every week. So. It's um, so I hope that never happens. But I'm probably sounding a bit pessimistic again, aren't I? Even bringing it up, but I just I just would love to see him manage us for five years. Um, it would be nice. Know, it would get some, some sort yeah. of stability there. And you think well, to... if you've got five years, we go up. You think in that time? Yeah. I mean, I literally tweeted that earlier that yeah. he's probably the first him. manager I think who someone could yeah. actually come in and poach his offers. Mm. Is, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully not yet, but just saying, like, if we if we don't get promoted, um, then we're just we're always going to be vulnerable. There's only a certain type of club, you know. Like, he's not he wouldn't get like um, one of the top six or so. But he, like I said, like a Brighton or even a Leicester sort of. I mean, certainly not. I don't think. But but you know what I mean, like kind of like what you want, like an attractive kind of like young sort of um, modern type manager, you know. Um, trying to think who else would be, but hopefully nobody really. But um, it's interesting on the um, going back to like the, the whole signing thing um, about the whole um, you know, athletic and quick sort of um, attributes that Sirianos wants as part of his uh, recruitment strategy. There was a left back at West Ham that we were after, uh, Longello. Um, yeah. Do you know anything for if that would be something that would be revived? I mean, it looks um, like that they are looking for that sort of like very athletically built and quick left wing back. Obviously, Buchanan was the first one, yeah. low, um, and now this guy. I, I don't know much about him. Um, I think there was there was another there was another one that we we looked at for quite a long time and we didn't sort of didn't didn't get him basically. So I think there's there's options. You know, Buchanan might might come back as an option. Um, the lad at West Ham. I've not heard much about him, but I saw. I saw what I think West Ham sort of described it as like a really silly low bid, or, or there was some sort of. I saw something on Twitter of, um, from a guy on a, a West Ham guy who gets a lot of inside info there. Um, but again, it's just that you know it fits into that 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 sort of um, yeah that that category of fast, athletic um, young players. You know so. You know, he, he would fit into it, but but whether whether we'll get him or whether we'll go back for him, I, I don't know really. Um, you know, it's it's they've been looking at summer. They don't just like finish January and then go right. It's summertime. You know, they 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 kind of like they they've been looking at summer since probably like September October, mm-hmm. um, which is the sort of you know sensible thinking that a club would do. But I don't think we necessarily did that beforehand. You know, like the the recruitment. You know of you know, Modesto and 
Brentos was just so sort of haphazard and like I say, Lautain, I'm sure we signed him on the basis he scored well against, you know, did well against us and, um, you know, well, there's too many bad signings to go through really, but I don't think they had the same kind of measured thinking and planning and um, it just, you know, proper thinking and common sense behind them. So, so that that's great. That's that's been the most encouraging part. Um, just this is a quick one going away from yeah. transfers and um, obviously the season. Have you any f- updates if you've heard on any of the plans in regards to the infrastructure like the stadium and <laughs> the training ground? <laughs> no, no. I was just asking him to fit there. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do sometimes think our fan base doesn't ask that many questions, if you know what I mean. No. It's like probably... You know, you look at, we're sort of going down a bit of an old route here, but you look at the supporters' trusts of other clubs and the way they kind of like really demand to know what's going on and, and they and they, and if mm. the stuff is not right, they will say, and, they, you know, they don't want cosy relationships. They, they want to basically ask the questions that the fans ask now. And, and like the ground thing, I mean, if you just go back and actually look at some of the statements, like the kind of, you know, well, we, I mean, they actually said we we're going to get an answer last summer. I mean, when they first announced it, whenever, you know, whatever year it was, it feels, feels like donkey's years ago now. You know, they were talking, it's, it, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's been disappointing, that whole thing really, hasn't it? But it's, um, I don't know, there's a lot of work. I mean, <laughs> the, whole, the whole training ground thing, I know I'm, I know I'm in, in the minority here, but uh, it's, I don't really care. It's, it's the whole training. The training ground's crap. It's fucking. It's just. I go to a lot of training. Our training ground's rubbish. So putting out pictures of, look at our red leather seats because look how it looked like a bus station beforehand. Now we've got like nice. And everyone on Twitter goes, <laughs> oh, it's like amazing. Like, there's red. Stockport County have got a better tra- training ground than us. Like, it's our training ground is cramped, small. When Forest sign new players, they have to keep them away from the training ground before they're signed because they know it's unimpressive. They bring them into the into the trophy room because that's the it's like kind of you know Barcelona tell everyone they've got Messi. Real Madrid bring them into the trophy room, show them the European Cups. You know, Forest do the kind of the mini version of that basically. But you know, I, I just I'm, I'll always be frustrated about it because I was told when they came in we're getting a state-of-the-art new training ground. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I mean, I was, so many kind of things that I was told that, and I kind of floated out of there when I was like, because I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to hear, you know, I mean, it, and and then you kind of realised that it was just, how do you describe it? Just poppycock, just basically... If we wanted a new training ground, we'd have found a place for a new training ground. You know, Nottinghamshire is got a lot of land. I refuse to believe there isn't land. You know, <laughs> just and basically, you know, we we can tell. You know, we tarted up the whole thing about the category. I mean, I think I said this on the last time I came on the whole thing about the category one thing. That showed to me how low our levels were. Category one academies, Blackburn clubs like Blackburn, Reading. Um, all the clubs we sort of measure against, like Derby, Leicester, all these clubs had had this done 2012, 2013. 
I've never made like a massive fuss about it. Like wowzers, you know, we've gone like we've. It's just an accepted part of like being like a medium to big club. And it's like, yeah, of course it's good news. But we were like every every press statement we make is like, yeah, but of course we've upgraded. You'll never find another club doing that. It's just like such sort of cheap empty PR. But people, but the vast majority of people fell for it, and and were just like kind of like, wow, we've you know what an amazing cut. So it's just such a bog standard sort of thing for any. Look at these, you know, Stoke of the Reading, just like you know, clubs that we consider ourselves bigger and better than. They did this nearly ten years ago. You know, they should and they should. This really should have happened straight away. You know, so I, listen, there's 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 things that still aren't quite right. And Steve Cooper's actually said this, and it got kind of Steve Cooper said it in every department at Forest and needs to be improvement. And I think he can see because if Forest went up, there's so much about Forest that is quite kind of it's like almost like the mental state is not ready for the Premier League media department get eaten alive how they just you know just the kind of level of expertise and I don't know there's a lot of stuff that that when I come to see for I love coming down to city ground obviously I don't so I always leave thinking it doesn't feel like a Premier League club that <laughs> like just this the the the, the facilities the just it's stupid little things like just just kind of like how some parts of it you know just really stupid little things that kind of just make me think this is this place needs a bit of a shake i know i'm going to tell you something that's going to that's going to be so small time you'll think why but it's like i went to a game with my son and my son was like i want to get a program and there's like a sign saying program so i asked him if they, that was where they got the programs and they went and the stewards are just like no don't know when we do it's like I literally went, went down the entire Brian Clough stand trying to find a program. There wasn't one. And then like they said, oh, well, someone maybe comes out at half time. Nobody came around. And it's just like, do you want to make money? <laughs> you know, mm. it's just like so. But then like talking, you know, it's like with all due respect, it's like it's geriatrics as stewards and stuff. It's just like you know. So there's lots of things that need a shake. And I think Steve Cooper is the guy. And I think Dane Murphy, you know, again a young intelligent progressive guy is the guy to give us a shake you know like you know you get to the PR cost and the PR cost is really sleek it's like it's really like kind of everything's really like you know you go there and you think that's a Champions League club like the, the facilities in the stadium you know a lot will change when we get this new stand because the more I look at the main stand it really it's really it holds forest back for that I mean there's, there's no facilities in the ground to make money it just I mean, it looks bad. We're all, used, we're all used to it. But if you actually look, if you actually try and look at it and think, you know, if I was a first time visitor here, you kind of come in the cow park and you think, that's, 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 you know, it's not, that's not an impressive looking. The rest of the ground looks great, but there's just stuff that, you know, the infrastructure of the club is still um, really lagging behind, you know, and, and putting in some red, red leather seats at the training ground. And uh, I mean, People, you know, people who work there aren't fooled. Um, some of the fans are, but the people who work in these facilities and see what, you know, see what other clubs have got, which is just vastly better in some circumstances. You know, that, that side of things really needs needs work on it. 
It was something so then, I was going to come. Positive. We did an hour of positive, and then we've gone five minutes. <laughs> no, it was something I was going to come on to. Me and Christian sat in Upper Brian Clough against Leicester, and at the end of the game, like the scenes where you know the main stand was yeah. absolutely buzzing, and but I literally looked at that stand, and then the, the one that always makes me chuckle a little bit is a little scaffolded. Um, studio they have to put up yeah. every time like we get the BBC or yeah, ITV yeah. come up and I just it's think just like you just said I just think oh look, how good would it be to have such a nice modern stand there and the ground would look unreal then it really would well I mentioned earlier Leicester were the first club I covered so that would have been like late so Martin O'Neill was at Leicester then it's like Leicester had better press facilities than Forest do now and that's like so we're talking 25 years ago it was like I was like straight from school basically um I mean well Derby obviously maybe not a great example at the moment but you know Derby's facilities are much better than ours um maybe that's a bad example but you know what I'm trying to say it's just you know there's yeah I mean basically there's a there's a I mean, it was great to be. It was good to show up, Leicester, wasn't it? And you know, I lived, you know, I lived in Leicester when I moved over there because I, I thought I've got to. Even though it's, I, I was from Newark and like I, I thought if I'm covering Leicester and I'm working Leicester every day, and I probably need to move, so I moved to Leicester for a few. And they do genuinely hate us, you know, like they they yeah. do. And, and so it was, it was quite enjoyable just to sort of, just to kind of like slightly put them in a place. But let's 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 not get too carried away. You know, Leicester. I think you know, because they're the holders as well. Yeah, you go abroad and you see people in Leicester shirts now. It's like you know, it's Leicester have left us behind in many, many ways. Like you talk about mm. training grounds, they've got one of the best training grounds in the entire country now, and they've built it on the border of Nottinghamshire to steal our kids, and probably will be successful to a degree in doing that. Um, you know, we can't keep relying on Gary Brazil. I think Gary will say the same. Like, we've had an amazing run of him. The thing, I mean, like, look at Derby. Derby bring bring far more kids through than us, but they're all like lower. There's never a one that's like worth fifteen to twenty million. So, agree. Whereas, whereas we don't bring through quite as many, but there's always a star there. So, like Burke. um, I mean, we could have sold Joe Wall for big money. Matty Cash. Johnson even now, obviously. Even Brereton. Yeah, yeah. And even, yeah, even, yeah, even, yeah. Even, a pie, yeah. Yeah, pie. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> One for another day. But, the, um, <laughs> but yeah, but I'm just, it's, um, we can't always imagine that every year Gary Brazil is going to produce one of these for us. There might be a gap of three or four years. So we've, I mean, Gary Brazil, Jesus, he's been the most important figure at Forest. You know, I mean, without him and the money that he's, you know, he he is. I hope they treat him well at Forest because he he um, he he has. Face, I wouldn't say saved the club, but it's not far off. Um, so so anyway, yeah. So it's yeah. There's still stuff to work on. Anyway, is the is the sort of short answer of it really um i guess like to sort of like sort of stick on a sort of positive note um yeah let's let's we've got to go got to go positive <laughs> hand on heart 
it's nice. It's like nice to like you know bring up bring up my kids. Can you imagine bringing up your kids in Manchester. What it's like, like yeah. it's hard when we're doing nothing and all of my son's mates are like City or United, and it's like they some of them haven't heard some of them like football fans haven't heard of Forest. It's just like you know it. It's nice that they're saying to my lad now, like in school, like oh, so you know, it's you know, it's just nice to be kind of like have a bit of. You know, these cup games have been for the fans, really. I know it's a bit cliche, but it's, I'm sure, like, Steve Cooper would much rather win at Blackburn than, than beat Leicester. You know, I don't, you know it's, um, it's, but it, this is nice for, like, the younger fans that have put up with all the shit and, like, you know, we've sold, we've sold out at Bournemouth, haven't we? So, like, every, pretty much every away game, 23 years of, like, crap and, like, still turning up. So, like, things like beating Leicester and Arsenal, I, I think, are, like, for the sort of the fans that never actually got to see the see the good bits, if you know what I mean. I mean <laughs> because yeah, it, it's true. Like yeah. us like us two we're in that brackets with literally I remember an article you wrote, <laughs> Dan, and you said we hadn't got to the quarterfinals of the cup since I think was it ninety six, ninety seven. Okay. So I I was for them, for example. So yeah. <laughs> if we beat if we I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. If we beat this film get, get a decent draw. We're like we're, we're like one of seven, seven or eight teams, aren't we? We've never been to Wembley. Mm. We've just had nothing. That's what I mean. This is like a nice time for. So these games are kind of nice for the fans who've. But it gets in my tits when I'm getting text messages from people talking to me like it's giant killing, and I'm like, mm. you fuck off. We beat Arsenal. We beat we beat Arsenal. Arsenal weren't a problem to Forest. Leicester were no. Leicester were just. A, we played Leicester in a couple of cup games. It's like Leicester, just nothing. So people like texting me thinking I'm going to be like jumping through hoops. And I'm like happy because uh, obviously, I'm, of course I'm happy. But I've, uh, I'm happy like for other reasons rather than, oh, I've never, but, but yeah, there are, I mean, without rubbing it in, if you've never seen like, if you're under the age of 35, is it? Never seen anything mm. good, really. Because no. <laughs> unless you've got like a very good memory for when you were a proper kid, no. But like, no, I mean, I I just remember that because it was Chesterfield who knocked us out, wasn't it? That in that quarterfinals. Oh, mate, I'm good. I'm um, good mate, Mark Williams. He plays. Chesterfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember my dad going to that game and slagging off Saltergate, basically. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was one of the games that I always think back to because that was. The, I think there'd been like a few clubs that'd been knocked out and it was like all sitting and we got Chesterfield. And it was like, yeah, I remember driving to that game thinking, like, fucking a proper FA Cup feeling, like, and then we were just utter shit. Stuart Pierce was managed there, wasn't he? I think I, I think remember. I think for like the younger fans, that gives a bit of a feeling when we played Burton a couple of years ago, because we'd yeah. Beat and three teams. I think if we'd have beat Burton, would have got into the quarterfinals. I think would have. I think they played Middlesbrough and then obviously went on to get Man City in the semis. But you know, it's just that similar to Chesterfield, that Burton night. That still, yeah, yeah, yeah that was a me. One, yeah. Just of a yeah. stinker of a performance. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Karanka. I think Karanka was surprised to, that he survived the night after that game really? yeah, yeah, yeah it was. was bad to be fair but yeah. um, um, the question is hand on, um, hand on heart do you think Forrest can make the top six this season yeah I think we could yeah yeah. if we if um, 
what I'd say to that is if we keep people fit, because um, if so, if the two wing backs got injured, I think that makes a massive difference. Yeah, I think yeah, Chelsea, would. for example, um, just, um, um, they went their system, same as us. Yeah, grab, grab, yeah. Grabbing, grabbing a miss, but all of a sudden we've got two strikers now, and I do like. I did. I, I think Davis has done really well so far. Um, mm. Yeah, I do think we've got a chance. Um, yeah, just need to because I don't feel you know the Cardiff game was a bit of a bit of a dampener, wasn't it? But mm. I don't know. But then obviously we've I think we've got a chance. Um, I think we've got a chance. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love us to get again. Like talking about you know I've got, I've gone to Wembley hundreds of times to watch crap England internationals. It's, it holds you know. It, you know, it, but I would love to see Forest play at Wembley again. Like the new Wembley mm. would be great. It, you know, just get to a semi-final there. And like, I, it's only really Man City and Liverpool that I don't think we could beat. And that sounds a bit. Maybe I'm getting, <laughs> am I getting giddy? <laughs> like, am I getting like top? Uh, well, to, to, to be fair, I looked at the draw and I thought Borough would give Tottenham a game, and we're probably in the same capacity as yeah. Borough, aren't we? So mm. you never know. Listen, that, um, we're going to lose. We're probably going to lose 2-0 at home to Huddersfield now. Yeah, yeah. that's going to happen. That would be the old mentality, yeah. Yeah, but, um, so I've probably gone a bit giddy saying that, but it'd be nice to get... Because you know, I think, I mean, do you, you know, we, we would take 35,000 fans if we could easily. Easily, easily. easily. So, yeah. Um, you know, which probably more than we took to the old Wembley for the for some of the cup finals. But, um, but yeah, I'd... I'm optimistic, but uh, we need to keep everyone fit. And and obviously, you know, you can lose two players and then it just makes such a massive difference, doesn't it? So, mm. um, But yeah, so that was quite an optimistic podcast, wasn't it? Apart from the red leather seats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that to be a tiniest bit of... Positivity with tinge of realism. In there. But right, thanks for, to... Yeah, thank, yes. thank you very much. I appreciate it. Mate. Finally now, uh, so welcome back, Adam and Lee. Uh, it's time for the final part of the podcast, and we've got our predictions. So we've got three rather tricky games. Um, obviously, we'll start with Bournemouth away, which is on Friday night on Sky. Then we've got Preston away, which is a Tuesday or Wednesday following. I can't remember which. That's also on Sky, though, the red button. And then we've got Bristol City at home, which is Saturday, 3 o'clock. So if you want to watch that, you have to be down at the city ground to watch it. So we'll start with you, Reese. Three games, three very tough games. I think the Bournemouth one in particular is sort of the end of a three-game very tough run. But um, not saying teams like Preston will be easy. But uh, what's your uh, take on the three games we've got coming up? Is uh, Sky giving you a commission for this podcast? <laughs> really informing our viewers. <laughs> um, you know what? Bournemouth, are, you know, Bournemouth aren't they? I think it was probably agreed all around, really, that Adam Fulham would be the top two this season. But they've dropped off a bit, didn't they, Bournemouth? And then they started splashing the cash on the last day of the transfer window. Um, you know, like putting the pod last night, Kiefer Moore's out for a couple of months. So that's um, a blow to them. But I just, I just got this feeling we'll go up to Bournemouth and do them. I really do. I just, I just have that feeling. Do you know with Scott Park, like when we went to Fulham under Lamushi, and I remember that day. I thought, now, well, you know what's, you know we're going to get BT comfortable, and we were absolutely superb and won two one. You know, Mitrovic, the cheat code, scored that day out of nothing really. So 
I, I do. I'm going to stick my neck out and say that we're good to Bournemouth and beat them two one. Um. So when <laughs> we get beat three 0 on Friday, uh, come back to that. But um, then it's teams like Preston, isn't it? Um, they, they, they have picked up. Side. How did they get on yesterday? If you can you remember, I can drew didn't remember. they? They did drew, yeah. Drew, yeah. Mm, they've uh, done pretty well under Ryan though. The, the, um, oh, they won. They beat people one nil. They did, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're they're you know with respect to them, probably another side who are in that bottom end of teams who are creeping up the league. And I think they put together a decent run under Ryan Lano. They beat West Brom didn't they, away a couple of weeks back, so that'll be tough. Uh, as you know, apart from that bottom three round derby, every game seems to be tough in this league. So, um, I'm going to go for a one-one for that one. But again, Forest are capable of going there and winning, no doubt about that. Um, and then on to Bristol City. You know they're very hit and miss, aren't they? Bristol City. Um, they seem to win one week, lose the next. Um, I mean, they, they the game against them, the away fixture probably summed them up really. You know, winning in the last minute and losing the game. So yeah, at home, you know, I'd, you know, not not going to say expect, but we should really be beating them at home. They're in the lower mid-table region, aren't they? Sixteenth somewhere like that. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. Um, I'm trying to think when we play Bristol City at home. Um, um oh, let's go for that one. We'll go for three one to Forest on that one. Nice again. Yeah. Seven point return. We'll all be very so, happy with that. That'd yeah. be superb. If we can mm. nick a win at one of them away games, win the home game and draw the other. Even even if you were to probably to lose at Bournemouth and beat Preston and I know you don't want to breed a losing mentality, but it's better than two draws and a win, isn't it? Yeah. If you beat if you beat Preston and then beat Bristol City, then it's six points out of nine. So mm. yeah, we'll see how it goes. Nice one. Uh, Adam, what about you? Very, very tough game, obviously, Friday night, but at least like for the following game, it gives us a bit of a respite. I know we didn't get that against Stoke, so probably that's why we're a bit, bit leggy. Mm. Um, Bournemouth might have splashed some cash, but I mean, that it seemed like all very panicked. Like, oh, we'll just buy like all the best players from the shit teams um, <laughs> and stick them in our squad and hope. And I know Sariki Dembele did score yesterday, so got the winner, didn't he? Some, yeah. yeah, so that's something. But um, I mean, I don't see why we couldn't go there and get a result for sure because we are a tough side ourselves to beat, and we we like to play a bit on the counter away from home, and we look and we're quite effective with it, especially with our our formation and and style. So um, I'm going to say we're going to draw there. I think it'll be a, a score draw, maybe a one-one or a two-two. Um, for that one uh, Preston away they were probably one of the worst sides I've seen at the city ground when when, when Reese let me come along with him I mean that could have been a part of five or six nil and we, we we kind of let them off with it um, I, I think we'll beat them I think we'll beat them 1-0 maybe maybe 2-1 uh, it'll be a tight game but I think we'll beat them I just think we'll have too much quality for them um, and then Bristol City I expect us to beat them um, no, no 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 offence to them but their side, if we're going to be challenging in, in getting in the top six with their side, we've got to beat. Uh, like there's no beating around the bush of it. Um, I think I think we'll beat them two 0 at home. 
I was expecting something much more on the lines of your Huddersfield criticism, where you said that no, no offence to them. I thought I was expecting something much worse to come than barely <laughs> respectful. I've, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, again, solid seven point return. Very happy with that. Lee, uh, uh, with you. Um, I'm not sure I share the positivity about the Bournemouth um, <laughs> game. I've still got nightmares over that performance under Chris Hewitt down there. Um, oh, hell, yeah. It's a difficult one. It would be very forest after yesterday and all the, the drama to go and it reminds me a little bit of the West Brom game earlier this season, actually. I thought we'd get hammered there. Um but we didn't, we drew nil nil. So I'm gonna go for, I'm gonna go for nil nil again. Just just to keep the positivity. Um I'm not predicting us to lose on a forest podcast. I just can't do it. <laughs> um, so so we'll go for nil nil. Um and a Jordan Smith penalty save after he's come on when Orvath pulls his hamstring or something extremely <laughs> funny. Um Preston, tough game. Vastly improved under Ryan Lowe. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with Adam. I think we will have a little bit too much quality up front um, for them to cope with. Uh, so I'm going to go for a slender 1-0 victory in that one. And then Bristol City. Fully expect that Andy Vyman will score his... Uh, Traditional goal against us. Um, we've also got Chris Martin as well. I'm sure he'd relish the chance to to stick the boot into the city ground faithful. Um, Scored against us once. You know when that wasn't. Yeah, well. true. true. Uh. Um, yeah, tricky game. But again, not to take anything away from Bristol City, but I think if we want to be getting into the playoffs, we've got to be beating a side that's um, managed by one of the uh, long list of football terrorists that still exist in the game in <laughs> Nigel Pearson. Um, so, yeah, I'll go for... I'll go for a 2-0 win in that one. OK, I'm, 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 I'm appreciating that vocabulary is coming along very strong, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for... I, I reckon we'll beat Bournemouth. I'm pretty confident we'll beat Bournemouth. I think um, Scott Parker is the equivalent of a checkbook manager fraud. He just... Um, they just thrown money like that Fulham team that came third should have hissed the league ahead of Leeds and whoever came second that year I can't remember now and um but his inexperience is like EBC didn't they had a great chance to stay up um they won away at Lanfield last year and just completely fell to pieces again down to his experience naivety I don't think he's a good manager I think that you know buying players to mask his very evident cracks can only go so far and buying basically the Know, the, the lower half championship Avengers to try and get them over the line isn't going to work. Um, they'll be found out either this year or next. So I reckon we'll go there and win 2-0. Um, I'm very confident of that, um, which now means we'll lose, but that's that's, that's the line, 2-0 win. Um, I actually think we'll go to Preston and it'll be a team like Preston performance and we'll struggle. Um, they'll It'll be horrible, it'll be ugly and it'll be a one-all draw. And then... We'll go to Bristol City, or hope Bristol City even, and I think we'll win. Yeah, I think it'll be one of those, it'll be a, quite an ugly win, but we'll be a win. Um, I think we'll have too much from the day, even with Semenya and Vyman popping up. I think, um, yeah, I fancy 2-1 Forest win, Bristol City. And uh, yeah, now we, again, so pretty much unanimous, seven points all round. Um, so with those seven points, we'll be 54. If it all comes to fruition, we'll be safe from relegation and we're looking ahead to the next stage of the season. So um, we'll see whether that comes off as the next time. But yeah, until then, take care. We'll see you soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? 
Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.